The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel. Presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining. Steve, are you in plan A today or, or where are you at in your plane? Plan D? No, I'm, plan you a? know, I probably. There's no shame in being where you're at. You got to be honest I, with the listeners. I am honestly between plans. Okay. I'm waiting for plans to fail and I'm reassessing. We, of course, today <laughs> we're joined by Sherry Tomchik, uh, founder and CEO of Plan A Staffing, um, as well as a co-founder of StaffStat, which is a technology firm that automatically fills shifts in long-term care homes. It was great to talk to Sherry. She's uh, She's been a friend of ours for a while and uh, just great to always hear from people that you think you know the story about, yeah. but, then, but then you get some interesting tidbits when you have them one-on-one. Uh, that makes it even more special. Yeah. And I've, and we're obviously alluding to like the origins of the name uh, of the company plan a, and I've, I've heard that origin story before, but it, yeah, to your point, I think it was the first time you had heard it uh, mm-hmm. when our conversation was shared. So I'm not going to say it because I don't want to take any wind out of her sales, but it is even, you know, hearing it for the second or third time, like it's still always cool to hear that. Like, ah, so like, that's actually where that came from. And I mean, I think not only the name, but I think the actual, like, embodiment of what the company aims to do is is actually like you can look at it literally and and like i think also what they set out to do from an operational perspective is to be always working in plan a but i think even just the the name itself is it's it's really cool when you kind of get those origin stories around like how did this kind of come together yeah it's almost like it's a good name <laughs> it's a great name <laughs> but anyway uh yeah it's a great name uh She's a great person and it's a great company. And uh, without further ado, we're going to go to Sherry Tomchik. So we're now pleased to be joined by Sherry Tomchik. Sherry is the founder and president of Plan A, powered by StaffStat. Founded in Sudbury in 2011, Plan A is the leading strategic staffing model for seniors care. Plan A strategy is the only one of its kind in Canada, marrying innovation, people, and culture to help senior care organizations optimize their staffing, support for the frontline employees, and keep our most vulnerable population safe and cared for. Sherry has grown the Plan A vision to over 40 locations across Canada, with continued growth slated for this year. Uh, Sherry is a successful serial entrepreneur who focuses on bringing, sorry, there's some alliteration there that I wasn't prepared for, who focuses on bringing solutions to problems and drawing data from those to bring life uh, to additional solutions. Sherry is the recipient of the Bell Business Excellence Entrepreneur Entrepreneur of the Year Award and also made her mark as the recipient of the Northern Ontario Business Influential Women's Award. Uh, Sherry is also an advocate for the vulnerable sector and has dedicated her time to a variety of causes and programs in our community, such as the Sudbury Women's Center and the Elgin Street Mission. So Sherry, thank you for uh, enduring my, uh, my labored reading of your bio. We're so happy to have you join us on the Like the Innovators today. Uh, thank you, Mike. That was a great introduction. No, no uh, problems there at all. <laughs> a couple slip ups, but it's all good. That's that's we like to keep the the podcast pretty pretty real. So that's that's it come that happens sometimes. But anyway, um, what I wanted to ask you, and, and I know that I think you know we've heard you give presentations over the years, and we're familiar with with your work. But for your, for your for our listeners, I think you have an interesting story, uh, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on. Um, and before becoming an entrepreneur, you you worked in healthcare as a nurse, and so I wanted you to maybe start with that and kind of talk about your journey working as a nurse to becoming a business owner in the long-term care sector. Okay, so I guess I'll take you back a couple years. Um, so I decided to, to go into school uh, for nursing when I was 30. So I had uh, every every kind of 
female career, if you will, uh, along the way. I had been a uh, social worker teaching every career uh, that you can uh, imagine that um, a female would have done back in, in the day. And so I just want to add that I graduated high school in 1990. So they never told us, go be entrepreneurs. They were, they would tell us, be dental assistants, be, be teachers. And so I ended up going into to nursing, not entirely understanding, um, I think, what nursing was, was going, going to uh, be. And uh, I had the chance to work with agencies while I was going to school. So I was going to school in Toronto and many of my placements were with agency staff because it was quite prevalent back there, especially in the acute care sector. And uh, I never thought there was anything wrong with the people that was, were training me. They were fantastic. And I remember we were just about to leave um, school. I was um, the last the last part of schooling before we went into our final uh, preceptorship and my my teacher, my instructor, you know, kind of giving us that pep talk about our careers and saying, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for nurses right now. You can work in the acute care sector. You can work in the long-term care sector. You can work here. You can work there. You can work here. Or you could work for the agency. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what is this crazy agency you're talking about? And I had no idea. But for me, that was my first seed being planted. Um, fast forward to Sudbury, I, I got here, started nursing, and we did not have any backup plans for healthcare whatsoever. So I learned pretty quickly that giving care when you don't have enough people is a really, really exhausting and difficult job. Um, I, I spent a few years working in the acute care sector, um, moved over to teaching. So I ended up with a really great opportunity to to um, teach personal support workers. I taught 219 of them personally, and I used to, I coordinated the program. So I used to go into nursing homes and that is when I started to see, there's a real disconnect here with what's going on. And so um, I can, my second dot actually started there of the picture where I went into one of the nursing homes and I was trying to get some placements lined up for my students and the instructors. And I went in and it was a little bit chaotic. And uh, I unfortunately saw a poor, poor little woman kind of naked from the waist down. And I saw, I saw some people walking by with scrubs and uh, nobody was helping this poor lady up out. So I lifted her pants up and I looked up and I remember seeing the director of first impressions and thinking, wow, what, a, what an interesting first impression. I went over uh, to her and chatted with her about you know, what's going on here? What's new? And she said, well, we're in plan D today. And I said, what does that even mean? We're in plan D today. And they, I think they had something like nine or, or 12 sick calls that day. And uh, basically that just means they're redeploying staff, giving them, them greater, greater assignments. And I remember looking at her and saying, how are we going to keep these guys in plan A? So that was kind of my second dot. And uh, I walked away from that and the seed just continued to grow from there. And that is how Plan A came to be. That is so interesting, Sherry. I actually never, we've, we've talked to, to each other before in the past and uh, I never knew that's where the name came from. So that's, that's such a fantastic uh, uh, little story there. Um, what, one of the things when we talk to um, business owners on this podcast you know, you just gave us a good snapshot of when that first sort of aha moment hit you. And, you know, you maybe didn't know you were entrepreneurial yet, but it was that sort of first spark. And then it's it's often that journey, you know, sometimes years go by, you know, after that initial like noticing, noticing of that uh, gap. What Can you talk us through sort of the process after you said we need to get back to plan A for these for these uh, 
for these organizations. What was the process like between that and actually like inking your first business? Well, I start this, the, okay, so the seed was planted, it was percolating in my mind for quite a while, and I started to do a little bit of market research on, on what kind of backup plans we had here, and like I've already mentioned, there really wasn't anything, and uh, what, what I had noticed about um, the other agencies that I had, had learned about by doing market research is that they had such a broad offering, so they, you know, you had an agency that could send you to the hospital for the day to deliver a baby, send you to the, send you to the hospital to work in the emerge for a day, send you on a helicopter ride with orange to transport a, a, a client across the province. Like the opportunities that came up, there were so many different and unique opportunities, or you could go to long-term care, which was already back then starting to show that there was going to be some tremendous shortages. Clearly it's a little bit even, it's greater now. And so when I started to write my business plan, I thought I'm going to take the choices off the menu. Like, like this is really the, the sector I wanted to target and hone in on. So I started to uh, write my business plan, and it was it was specifically around the sector. It's kind of interesting too because back at the time I was just looking for help. Right, you go pick brains of the CEO of. Um, you know, the Lynn back then, or you're talking to somebody who's in charge of community care or, or, and I, I remember people saying to me, you're never going to do this. This is never going to happen. You better get a better, like good business, good business idea. It's never going to come to fruition. And it was a little bit scary, right? Because you have these people that are leading uh, in the sector and saying, yeah, you're not going to make this isn't happening. You're, you're not going to do this. And uh, it didn't stop me though. Cause I, I really did know in the, the pit of my heart that there was something here that needed to happen. Um, I'm not sure if I answered your question there, but uh, you know, having that focus on long-term care has really been such a competitive advantage for us. So I'm glad I didn't let those naysayers tell me don't do that because uh it, it really has ended up being a, a great move for us. Yeah, and I mean, what a uh, the sector you chose is one that's tough to innovate in, right? It's uh, it's one that uh, you know sort of is a slave to established practice, and then it's hard to 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 change things. So I'm sure that was that was where some of that naysaying was coming from, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We always do things this way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sherry, I wanted to ask you because sometimes those those naysayers often like fuel you further, right? Because you knew, like you said, that in the pit of your stomach, this was something that needed to be addressed. And obviously, we know that the story ended up working out quite well for you. Have you ever circled? Have those folks ever circled back to say, like, "Hey, I guess I was wrong. Like, you you did it. Congrats." Or or have they kind of uh, no longer a part of uh, part of your life, so to speak? <laughs> well, it's kind of a funny question. Um, of course, I have great relationships with anybody in healthcare across especially across Northern Ontario, um, across Ontario. But, you know, it is interesting because the Community Care Access Centre did uh, eventually close down and get absorbed into the Lynn. And I, I have had uh, one of those naysayers reach out to me several times asking, you know, do I have an opportunity for them? Uh, is there an opportunity for consulting for them? So never, uh, hey, hey, you made it. But uh, hey, can I, can I piggyback <laughs> on here a little bit? So, so yes, that has absolutely happened. Yeah, that's, that's almost good. that's almost better, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. and they're still they're, they're great people to know, right? Mm -hmm. They they have a lot of great information as well, so no hard feelings whatsoever. 
No, certainly not. But I mean, it's certainly a sense of satisfaction and vindication. I'm mm -hmm. sure you must feel uh, obviously every day. But, um, you know, you mentioned that great story about having that revelation um, when you went into that, that long-term care facility that led to obviously the creation of, of Plan A. Um, did you have a similar kind of revelation when it came to, to staff stat? Or was that just kind mm -hmm. of a natural extension of having to have the technology to power, power the company? So when I initially started the company, technology wasn't wasn't front and center for me. And you know, even even building apps at that time, it you know there was a lot of them. Don't get me wrong, because we're we're a twelve year co old company now. But you know, just going right to let's build an app still still wasn't as as prevalent as it is today. Um, what happened for us is uh, I started. All I was doing was calling down the list. Like I didn't even have a chance to do anything all day long. The phone calls would start about 4.35 AM and they would end at midnight. So, so my whole entire day was, can you work? 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 And, and it just, it just, it was such a, uh, it's a task that that technology should be doing, right? People should not be doing that task. And then I hired my first employee and uh, the two of us were literally spending the whole entire day Falling down the list. And, and to be honest with you, I was really starting to hate my job. Like I was, I was like, Hey, how am I going to grow this business if I can't get off the phone? And uh, I just said to her, you know, there's definitely got to be a better way to do this. I can picture this. I can picture them putting the shifts in da, 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 da. And it was an aha moment. Mm -hmm. um, it, it uh, has, to, it has been the game changer for us as well is that having that technology, having that many years in in our business, the technology in our business too is is um, an interesting story as well. So we, we talk about that more. I want to explain why it's been uh, so competitive, uh, such a competitive advantage for us. Sure, and maybe I'll just give you the opportunity for those listening that don't know. Give, what, give us the nutshell version of StaffStack because I think it's it's such a powerful enabling technology that's now grown outside of just Plan A customers, right? Oh, yes. So staff stat has come a long way. And uh, it definitely, like I said, it, it, it is our, our secret sauce. Um, we, we only use it in our sector. So our, our clients use it internally, um, and then it, it gets sent externally. But the really amazing thing is, is that when it's used the way it's, uh, it should be used, our partners, so our long term care homes, uh, with our AI component predictive um, shift filling, uh, they can see shifts coming weeks to a month ahead of time. So right now with people calling down the list, they're, they're, it's just, everything is completely reactive, right? Can you, can you work, can you work, can you work? Um, our homes now, and we're, we're just about to launch 4.0, we literally have taken the thinking out of filling shifts. So the dashboard pulls up what needs to be covered. So they basically have to accept or decline. So there's that, that predictability. Um, which allows them to fill shifts faster because now people know a week or two or three, hey, there's shifts this week and there's shifts. So they're not just filling today's needs. Um, what that allows uh, them to do is optimize their staffing internally first before they come to me. And then it, the, the shifts are out there long enough so that by the time they make it to plan A, we still have a couple days instead of everything is, I need a nurse in 15 minutes. You know, now I need a nurse in three days. I need a nurse in five days. And so that really has given us the chance to promote the message to our team, which is plan your your work around your life, not your life around your work. And so we've mm. been able to bring this really um, work life, and I'm going to say harmony, not even balance, right? Because now 
you're plugging in your shifts around your daughter's dance, around this, around that. And so, so that is what it has been um, able, enabled us to do. That said, uh, it, you know, there's some really interesting features that we've maximized on. Um, one of the big things being the pandemic teaching us how we have to go to work virtually. We have mastered engagement through technology, which was a, a really big focus for us because there was a people-centric part of my business that's very important, right? If, if you don't know me, how are you going to go take care of my clients really good? So now we have the, these opportunities. Um, the the uh, reports in the software are so robust. I was talking to the Minister of Long-Term Care this week about them, and I basically told them, I'm sitting on eight years of a really incredible data that I know you can use to plan the future of long-term care, which got him very excited. So I hope I gave you a good idea of what it does. 4.0 is being launched, and it is probably the most exciting piece of technology I've seen for this sector in a long time. Wow. Um, I think... I, there's so much in there that I, I want to follow up on. Um, obviously, you go from being at like a, a uh, you know, a, an automated service company, an app based company to being a data company. That's the dream, right? You know, if you can actually give data back to a sector, I think that's so important. Um, there's a bit of a difference in running a technology startup versus running uh, just plan A, I think. Right. Yeah. And um there's always a pressure on technology-driven startups to keep the product innovative and fresh. Uh, you mentioned 4.0. Is there any teasers you can give us around where that's going to take the company, or are we going to wait for that launch? Well, you know, we so so we used to run two companies. I guess I can give you a little bit of information um, that way. And so, you know, my thoughts are anybody can can build an app, right? Like right now, anybody can can build an app. Um, Uber did it. Airbnb did it. Uh, we've done it. Um, and the thing I, I think that's really exciting about our app is that we spent twelve years. Um, you know, we say we marry people and culture to innovation. And I know when Megan wrote that um, biography, she said innovation to people and culture, but it actually had to be people and culture first. So, so even if you want to change the world with, with technology, in some instances, there's such a people um, component that's important. So it's been, it's been really great. Uh, we've built our business with, with a really great app while we built this brand of taking care of the people, we now have the people coming to the app. So now we're gonna go bananas with the app. Like we are built, we are, that app is gonna be built to do the heavy lifting. And I think the biggest teaser is we are literally taking that thinking component out of scheduling and we're putting the answer right in front of schedulers nowadays. You don't have to wonder what you need because I'm gonna tell you, this is what you need on this day at this time. Uh, for the rest of their um, days as a scheduler. So for us, that's uh, it's very exciting for us to be able to bring that to them. That's exciting. I don't even use the app and I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that is very exciting, Sherry. And one of the things I'm, I'm, I, I can't help but think about as we're talking today is that it was probably around like two years ago at this time, you know, you and I sat down at, uh, at, the, at the Plan A office on Notre Dame. I was doing a Q&A with you for Subway.com, kind of highlighting the business and, and, you know, the evolution of the company. And then obviously we know what happens like a month or a month or so later, right? We get into the pandemic. So, I mean, Steve and I would be pretty remiss if we didn't talk to you today, but like, how has the company navigated, obviously the challenges the pandemic uh, has brought? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So, so initially when the pandemic hit, our business model was to fill one-offs, right? So sick calls, we would just, we would cover sick calls and we were filling 
a heavy amount of sickles. I think our pool had hit something like 1,200 people on the app picking up sickles. Um, the second the pandemic took a hold, the, the ministry just changed the whole entire way long-term care was delivered, long-term um, care nursing and frontline care. So uh, first of all, we weren't allowed to move from home to home to home anymore, which was, was detrimental to us because many of our um, people on the app, they were working full-time places. They'd work full-time at the hospital, come and do two or three shifts a month with us. Um, so that changed dramatically. So right from the onset of the pandemic, I think we lost about 35% of our workforce in the first month, which was really tough. Um, but then we were, we kind of pivoted and leaned into that. And we ended up more of a company that was replacing lines into like, like scheduled lines. Uh, so we got the remainder, remaining 700 people working full-time positions across the board, which then obviously increased the amount of, of opportunity that we were able to, um, or shifts that we were, were able to fill, which then increased my job offering or my job opportunity. So now today, two years later, we're at almost 1,600 staff working permanent, well, I'm not going to say permanent because they, they do work for us, but full-time and part-time lines. So the whole entire thing made us kind of, you know, we had to stop, pivot, um, change the direction a bit. And we've, we've actually come up a, a stronger business with a much um, more robust job offering to the front line. That, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I think we've talked to a lot of companies and, you know, some, in some ways they've been able to kind of, I think, leverage the pandemic and at least find a silver line that ultimately can help maybe find some insights to improve the company after the pandemic is over, right? Or at least whatever version of our world is uh, when it kind of subsides, right? So that's great that uh, you were able to take some of those uh, those lessons and, and apply to the company now. Thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, you're going to have to both bear with me as I fumble through this question because <laughs> I want to make sure it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, when I think about, well, okay, maybe it's, it's way easier to ask it this way. If we were to sort of like fast forward five to 10 years, um, where do you see both plan A and staff stack going? The reason I ask it, the reason why I'm apprehensive about how in depth to get into this question is because I'm particularly curious about, uh, two things. One, where do you see geographically growing? Do you see beyond Canada, beyond North America? Um, because I think in the single payer system, perhaps the UK is an interesting uh, target for you guys to, to branch out into. And then also, is it always going to be about long-term care or are there other sort of adjacent sectors that make sense for you guys? I love that question. Um, so it's kind of a two-pointer, uh, two-parter. And the first one I'm going to address, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address the second part first. And sure. so that is, do we, do, will we stay in this space or will we expand beyond this space? And the fact of the matter is, is that it's just a beautiful space to be in. I, I, you know, I have been doing this for 12 years and I often joke, like I'm looking behind me, like who's coming, who's coming to help? Like there's so much room and yet there's still us doing this at the magnitude that we're doing with the growth we're doing. Um, there are other apps, like I said, who do attract people, but they're diluting their offering with, you know, mobilizing doctors, taking on acute, doing this. So, so the, the, the real competitive advantage that I've been able to 
um, create is that nobody can do it like I can in the sector. We just do such a good job of it. It's very, very important to us that it's done well, not just doing it. So no, I don't think we'll, we'll switch sectors. Uh, we'll stay in seniors care and the way we will expand um, our offering is with things like adding more staff, like we're identifying the need to have slingshot administrators, some DOCs. Um, so it's it's not just the front line that I initially started with the nurses and the PSWs. The sector needs everything and they need someone helping them to get them in there. So that's how we will expand. And then um, some of the services, uh, such as uh, another really gigantic pain point that's coming down the, the, the pipe for, well, it's probably in the pipe for my sector is there's this on-call madness that is that is stealing energy and life away from your administrators and your DOCs and your nurses because they, as part of their, their contracts, they're automatically on call to the organization all the time, which might have been okay if you would have got a couple of calls a weekend, but where the, the pandemic has brought the sector, their phones are ringing five and every five minutes. So we're already identifying a new need uh, in a service that we can offer and expand on with our technology. Now, um, as far as how, how far is our reach, I think that there's a, you know, that the, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, ignorance encourages a really good thing. Because if I had known 12 years ago, we were going to be coast to coast um, in 2021 um, or 2020, I probably would have chickened out and got went and got another nursing job. Um, but because we've taken the time to really understand how to do this, we already are 45 locations wide across the country. And, uh, you know, for like yesterday, uh, for example, we signed up a whole entire province um, for their homes. Like it's, the demand is there, we're the only ones doing it, right? So I think that it's naturally gonna move the way it, it's, it has to. Um, it will be organic. We're already working with uh, Claude Reve to, to connect with the uh, trade commissioner from the States. We're already working on an American um, franchise disclosure document. We know Florida will be our next. There's already, but we we can't do it too fast. And so we're only working on what needs to be done starting next year. So I believe by 2025, you'll see, you'll start to see the plan A's in the states. And then whatever happens after that, if you do the states, I, I remember thinking Sudbury being big and then North Ontario being big and then Ontario mm -hmm. So the world's becoming smaller. Technology is allowing us to make it a lot smaller. So I, I have no doubt you're going to see a world-class uh, company with our brand. That's so exciting and so encouraging to see such a uh, an awesome local story that's sort of just taking on, you know, getting your feelers out there, Ontario, Canada, you know, North America, and then who knows from there, right? Thank you. It's exciting. We, we're having a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll bet. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of apprehensive around asking this question because obviously I think with <laughs> NA's plans to take over the world in the next few years, like you probably won't have a lot of spare time, but we always like to ask our guests before they go is, you know, when you're not wearing uh, your, your CEO hat and building a plan A staff stat empire, what do you like to do in your spare time to kind of unwind from all of this work? Yeah, you know what, I think it's a good question because the fact of the matter is, is if you want to lead a team with this level of energy that you have to be disciplined with the self-care and that time, um, I used to run run it like 
I had to work 25 hours a week at, I mean, a day, you know, like more hours than there is in a day. And uh, I wasn't running from the best place uh, possible. And over the years, I've really engaged in a lot of leadership development and that sort of thing. So I really know how important it is. So when I'm, when I'm at home or when I'm not at work, I do my best to put this, the cell phone away. Um, I love to uh, read. I love to travel. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I, there's nothing I love more than just spending quality time with her. Uh, we play lots of, like, especially because it's been COVID. So our life has really not been too excited. We play lots of cards, lots of games, lots of outside. We live in an area where we don't have neighbors. We have a big rink, so lots of outdoors stuff. Awesome. Um, but it's absolutely so important that the owner of the business or the entrepreneur is taking that time or you're not you're not bringing your best to your business. And, and that's really what your business needs is that you're bringing your best every day. I think that's really good advice because I think oftentimes like, yeah, like to the way that you were initially running it, I think that's how a lot of people think that they have to approach their work, right? That I have to just keep working all the time, but like you really do need that downtime to kind of recharge your battery so that you can kind of be the, your best self the next day. So that's awesome. I'm and jealous about the rink. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I said, yeah. I'm jealous about the rink. <laughs> yes, we, d we have uh, a hockey player in the house and my daughter, absolutely. Like we, we follow her to play hockey everywhere. And uh, with everything that happened this year, we've always had a rink, but we made the world's biggest rink this year. It's a big <laughs> one. And, uh, you know, we have kids out there every single day playing shinny. And, I, you know, the exercise they get from that, the fresh air, like I wouldn't mm -hmm. change it for sure. Uh, yeah, I've got my, my backyard is a hill. So there will never <laughs> be a backyard rink at this current <laughs> house. So, but uh, luckily enough, there's, there's 54 rinks in Sudbury. So I think we're, yes. we're okay. I'm okay. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think Mike was looking for an invite there, Sherry. But uh, <laughs> you're the hockey guy, though, right, Mike? Yeah. You love that. Is are you going to put your kids? You have twin girls. I have uh, I have two girls. Uh, Zoe Zoe's five, and Sophia was born the oh, day. Oh, I thought you had Okay. No, the the day before the pandemic hit. But Zoe played hockey last year. Um, she 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 seemed to enjoy it, but then when it came around time to enroll her again this year, she said. I don't want to play hockey anymore because I don't like wearing the equipment, but she loves to go skating. So like okay. we go skating a lot, but uh, maybe I'll revisit hockey down the road. But for now, she's just happy yeah. being out on the ice, which is, which is fine by me. So. Perfect. Yeah. But, but yeah, Sherry, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Again, you've been really generous with your time. So um, yeah, no, best of luck with, with the future. Again, we look forward to, to seeing the, the plan a uh, flag all over the world. And uh, hopefully you'll still make time for us uh, in the future as, as you get bigger and better all the time thank you guys it was nice to see you both and i hope you have a great year yeah, yeah you, you too. too thanks okay. thanks bye-bye you know mike i might be down to, to plan c now because uh <laughs> so you're you you're you're between plans yeah but you're now starting at plan c yeah you know i gotta work my way back to plan a that was a great chat with sherry uh always good to speak to her uh, really inspiring, you know, that they've actually grown coast to coast with 45 locations. I mean, many would say you've made it, but she also has aspirations to grow elsewhere in, in the continent. And then, you know, she didn't, she left the door open for, you know, around the world global. So uh, what a great success story that I don't think gets enough attention as one of those sort of unicorn companies that started right here in Sudbury. Yeah, no, I, I really do feel like in a few years, it'll be like, 
And, and you know what? She was once on the Unlikely Innovators podcast, you know, now <laughs> like uh, this, this massive global empire uh, that, you know, that again, I think to your point, like having those local stories where this is going to become a global company. I mean, it's already a national company, but I think, you know, and if anyone's going to be able to pull it off, it's Sherry. So I think over the next few years, um, it's going to be incredible to see that because it's, yeah, it's, it's funny because I mentioned in the call, but like when I was talking to her two years ago, they were approaching their 10 year mark. Right. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. what do you see, you know, for the future of the company? Right. And it's, it's a pretty, you know, ambitious vision, but I think it's, 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 it's certainly possible again, given, I think the competitive advantage that they have and what they offer that, uh, they've it's, you know, to her point, if she would have known that this is where she would be in 10 years, like she might not have, uh, you know, she said that she might have gone and get an, got another nursing job rather than getting into it. But I think, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And ultimately, I think uh, she's she's built quite the company in that span. Yeah, I mean, are you saying that we're hit makers? Like, so because she's come on the Unlikely Innovators, <laughs> now she's going to have meteoric success i'm willing to go there with you yeah the i don't know if it's true the unlikely innovators bump that's you yeah. know like i'm i really see peter mansbridge his career is going to really kind of take off yeah. now yeah, so that, that young kid from, <laughs> uh, from ottawa is finally going to make a go of it yeah no but uh but maybe um maybe one day uh people can look back uh some of our less known guests and say I knew I made it when I joined Mike and Steve on the unlikely innovators. Uh, not li not likely. Yeah. I think you're letting your imagination run a little bit wild there, but, uh, but yeah. no, that was, uh, again, wish Sherry all the, all the success in the future. And again, I, we know that she'll, uh, she will conquer the world. So it was great to great to have her on here. And certainly we will claim her as an unlikely innovators guest, but as a community, Sabri so will claim all the success of, of, of those two great companies. And now for plan B ending the podcast. <laughs> oh, look at you. You're, you're definitely out of plan C and you're firmly yeah. ascending to plan I'm, A. I'm crawling my way out. Thank, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everyone. Take it easy. The Unlikely Innovators with Mike Comito and Steve Gravel. Presented by Cambrian R&D and the Center for Smart Mining.